Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Hi, everybody. This is George with a very quick announcement, which is that I am doing my new hour of stand-up at the Bell House in Brooklyn, New York on Friday, February 2nd. So if you live in New York, please come out. It's going to be so much fun. It's a Friday night. We'll all go out dancing afterwards. I can't wait. I would love to see some glamour girls there. So yeah, that is Friday, February 2nd at the Bell House. Okay. Love ya. Enjoy the show. Podcast starts now. What is up, everyone around the globe from Los Angeles to NY City? You are listening to Stradio Lab, um, one of the more groundbreaking podcasts of the day. George, how the hell are you? Well, as you know, I just got back from a Broadway matinee. I did know that you, so George, you know, we were trying to schedule rehearsals and, you know, George was like, well, I'm at the library from 10 to noon. And then, you know, from one to four, I'm seeing a Broadway play. Mm -hmm. And then of course I have my, um, sommelier classes after that. (laughs) And so it was really hard. And I do want to reiterate, as you said, we were trying to schedule rehearsals because that is what we schedule for this podcast. We actually do a full (laughs) dress rehearsal with each guest. (laughs) Yeah, I find that um, podcasting is a practice, totally. um, and it's something you do every day. It's not it's not a skill, it's a practice, and every day I come in here, and I consider it a rehearsal that just happens to be recorded. Well, we do the Taggart method, which is that you do <laughs> endless rehearsals on a loop, they're all recorded, and at the end, the director, it's actually, it's almost similar to the way that Christopher Guest or Mike Lee shoot their films. It's a mm-hmm. natural approach to podcasting. There's no <laughs> saying cut saying action. We are basically talking nonstop with each guest for approximately 47 hours. And then out of that, our director, who 
has requested not to be named comes in and creates an episode out of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's actually, and that's why our tone is so, so much more grounded than our peers. You know, you hear them and they sound so canned. And I, I think a lot of people can can see it now. And they're like, this is really jarring. Why, why isn't everyone just having a normal conversation anymore? Well, it's because they're not doing the rehearsal method. That is exactly what it is. And, you know, people say all the time about various gay podcasters, why are they so histrionic and annoying? <laughs> and then people will listen to our show and say, Oh, suddenly I'm transported. I don't remember Finally. the last time I actually felt like I was inhabiting a world created by two artists. Yes, yes. And of course, it takes a lot of time. We can't have families. We can't have jobs. Um, no, it but, has ruined you know. our lives. <laughs> yeah, but the product is good. And when we are dead and gone, people will remember that. And guess what? When a product is good, all is forgiven. <laughs> and that's the number one rule of capitalism. Yes, huge shout out to all who create good products, but are bad people. Absolutely. And you know, if anything, I would say you can't, that's an oxymoron, you know, you can't, or not an oxymoron, but that's a contradiction. You can't, if you create good Mm. products, you're a good person. And I can't think of any counterexamples to that. No, me either. I, I'm racking my brain right now. I'm, I'm looking, I'm Googling, I'm having my assistant yes. Google it and, and she's not coming up with it. Some people who create good art are bad people, but you can't create a good product and be a bad person. <laughs> yeah. And if the art isn't making money, it's a bad art well, because it's course. a bad product. Well, period. <laughs> so George, how was the play? It was pretty good. I have to say, <laughs> you know, I, I don't want to get into the details, but there's no way around this. It's tough when an ending is not as good as the rest of the thing. Mm-hmm. You can have a literal perfect film, a perfect book, a perfect play. And if it doesn't stick the landing in the final line, it leaves a bad taste in your mouth. And it makes me, it, it's so, I mean, imagine being a playwright, being a novelist and writing a literal masterpiece, but fucking up the last sentence. <laughs> it would hurt. Only that for some gay feelings. guy on a podcast to be like, you know, he didn't quite stick the landing. I know. Can you imagine? That must be the hardest part is like you spend your whole life working on plays. You get a play on Broadway starring stars. Literally big stars. Literally big stars. And then you have to still hear what gay guys on podcasts think about it. Yeah. There's no freedom. Um, I will say I kind of felt. Oh, please say yes. I kind of felt that way about poor things, actually. Wow. Sorry. Is everyone mad? Well, it is a Greek filmmaker, <laughs> and it is starring friend of the podcast, Emma Stone, who is a member. I've never met her, but she's a member of the extended comedy community. I've never met her either, but she's um, uh, our executive producer. Yes. <laughs> you know, you didn't like the... Well, actually, no, I was about to spoil something, and I won't. I'm not going to spoil poor things, but um, I... Well, do you want to say a little bit about what you didn't like about the ending, or no? I just felt like the ending was like, it was sort of like, okay, I'm going to say something really mean Please. and you're going to get mad at okay. me. We might even have to cut this. Okay. I felt like the ending was giving Emerald Fennell. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that might have sounded like I was about to vomit, but I was actually, I knifed myself in the throat because I reacted so strongly <laughs> to what Sam just said. Well, and I was loving, I was living, I was laughing, I was enjoying this film. And then the end, I was like, why does this feel like Promising Young Woman all of a sudden? Right. And everyone knows the point of art is to live, it's to make the audience live, laugh, and love. <laughs> and I do agree with you, actually, that throughout the film, what, what, okay, here's a question for you. What do you think is the right order for a work of art to make you live, laugh, and love? 
as well, you're watching. Act one, yeah. Act one is live. You think so? Okay, yeah, yeah. Well, first, because you got to settle in. Agreed. Act two, um, you have to laugh. That's actually a good point. I think that's a good point. I think it's I think it's literally live, laugh, in laugh. order. Live, laugh, love. Okay. That's the three act structure. Wow, <laughs> that's actually really fascinating. Yeah, I have a big. Dis- sorry, go ahead. Well, do you disagree with me on the general? Um, I don't think I would say it's tough. Um, and it's okay. It's okay. I think my issues with poor things, which generally speaking, I really liked. And I thought all the performances are great, especially Emma Stone and Mark Ruffalo. My issue with it was less about the ending and more about how like I couldn't help and not to be, you know, a blogger for Mike.com in 2014, <laughs> but I couldn't help but feel like this is a movie made by men about womanhood, womanhood. You know what I mean? Wow. Like little, I didn't uh, expect that from you. I'm though. sorry. It's so Obama era. <laughs> I can't believe I even said that. I know we're post-woke. <laughs> wow. That's shocking. You think that's, um, yeah. I, and I, no, and I'm I think, not saying that's a disqualifying thing, but if there was, if there was a way I could articulate my general, a general critique I had of it, it was a little bit that like, yeah, there was a, there's something that there was something that felt, um, outsider looking in about the experience of the, the Bella character. But at the same time, I love all film. I love all film and I love everyone involved in it, in it from top to bottom. Yes. And I would never critique any um, thing in a theater ever. Mm-mm. First and That's foremost. That's not what theaters are for. They're for living, <laughs> laughing, and loving. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you have a negative thought, keep it to yourself. That's what I always say. Here's the other thing I'll say about endings and especially endings yeah. to... Uh, I don't want to say comedies, but things, but works of art that at least thrive on humor in some capacity. And whether that's okay. like a sort of, uh, I would say poor things fits into that mold. I oh, feel it's like thriving on humor left and right. Well, <laughs> it is nonstop <laughs> laughs. So what I would say is there are sort of two ways to end something that engages with humor, but is not a broad comedy. One is to really commit to the humor and end essentially on a punchline. And the other is to try so hard to tie everything together and really make the point and like make an earnest point at the end and be like, all this humor, it was, it was leading to this big idea. Mm-hmm. And I'm always in favor of ending on a joke. Yeah. Well, it's a cooler way to end. It's, it's a cooler way to it's, end. And it's also, you, tr- you know, you got to trust your audience to draw the right conclusions. Yeah. And I also think it's sort of being like, yeah, as soon as you're like, I'm not going to tell you what to think, Mm. then your audience is like, okay, I love you. Totally. And if you're like, here's what to think, then you're like, okay, well, then I hate you. Well, you have to, I already knew that. You have to send your audience to Montessori school where they can learn for themselves (laughs) rather than like homeschooling them in a Christian evangelical way. (laughs) I think that's so smart. And I think that's a huge lesson of filmmaking. I mean, I, for one, as soon as there's a character that, um, you know, even like goes to the store and we don't see them get in the car, I'm sort of like, wow, this filmmaker really trusts me to know how they got to the store. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I mean, that was a takedown of the film industry and a lifting up of the film industry. And the theater industry, not, you know, needless to say. Well, and the podcasting and the industry, podcasting if we're getting industry, into of course. it. The only industry that has been left uh, unscathed is music. But careful, Mark Ronson, <laughs> because we're coming for you next, Mama. <laughs> uh, should we bring in our guest? We must. You know, all I want... Here's the thing. 
I've told you this, Corey Stoll, the actor Corey Stoll was in this play that I saw. And mm-hmm. I was, it is actually uncouth to even describe the level of feral I was for him the entire time. I think it oh, would wow. actually uh, make everyone lose so much respect for me if I <laughs> were to actually describe in English, in language, how absolutely I had to hold myself from crawling up to the stage and pouncing on him. <laughs> and he's not necessarily in a horny role. He just is. He's sexy. wearing a polo shirt the entire time. Although wow. there is a part where he's wearing pajamas. Ooh. But no, he's not in a horny role. It's not necessarily a likable character. You don't, you're not attracted to the character. But I'm sort of like, should people be allowed to look like that? I think no. I think, um, well, I think it depends on where you are. I think this is something I've been pondering. It's sort of the New York versus LA conversation. Yeah. Um, I think in New York, you should not be allowed to look like that. I think in LA, you actually should be required to look like that. I <laughs> <Great>. find... <laughs> I find, you know, I I was thinking today there needs to be some sort of punishment for people not being camera ready at all Mm. times. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Specifically, this is LA for crying out loud. Specifically in Los Angeles, you mean? Specifically in Los Angeles, California. Is that film built this town? Mm. Why are you guys not camera ready? (laughs) Wait, we need to bring in. I don't know what the punishment will be. You know, talk about someone who's camera ready, our guest. Exactly. And she was camera ready the entire time she filmed her new comedy special, which you can watch now. Please welcome Blair Saki, Los Angeles' own Blair Saki. Oh my God. What a treat. I've been blessed to be here with you two today. It's been so long. It's been a while. And Blair, just before we begin, I, I was so sure I was about to get the name right. And then I questioned myself immediately. Live at the Big sure. Dog? Live from the Big Dog. Well, mm. See, and I knew I was wrong. That's why I was insecure. That's live from get the you. Big Dog live on Veeps. The, on Veeps. Uh, it's a Live Nation's new streaming platform. Okay, um, heard of it. just launching their comedy uh, specials. So, yeah, it's out. I'm very proud of it. I'm excited. So damn, but more on Corey Stoll. Honestly, did you, I watch as someone who doesn't often publicly say this? I did watch seven seasons of Billions, and um, Corey Stoll really became a fixture on there. Uh, print my prints, and um, yeah, so I'm intimately acquainted with Corey Stoll. Would you wow. did, do they let him be hot in it? Yeah, I would say so in, in, a, in, a, in a sinister billionaire way, totally. of course. He's like, he is sinister. Um, he comes in as sort of like, he's this playing this good man philanthropist, like good boy billionaire, and then it all is revealed, you know? Wow. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You know, that's a show that has existed for a long time. And I'm never sure where it stands in the culture. You know, it's really funny that um, we were talking about topics <laughs> about straight things and billions never came up. Bill- so. It really is such a straight show. Although, you know, I once watched three episodes of it on a plane and first of all, loved it. Wow. And second of all, I actually think it has some great roles for women. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, Damian Lewis, I want to just destroy me. Mm-hmm. And um, and then the him going the rivalry with him and Paul, Paul Giamatti. Giamatti is incredible. Yeah. And so there are I mean, from what I remember, first of all, there's this sort of character that's this woman who's basically like the office therapist. Like, I think she's a professional psychologist. Oh, yeah, Wendy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so basically when they feel like insecure or emasculated or whatever, they go to her <laughs> office and then she's like, who's a big boy? Who's going to go out and crush them? And then she like breaks them down and then they're like ready to go out and close the big deal. And then also Paul Giamatti has a dominatrix and he and oh. and he's now dating the actress who plays her. Wow. That's nice. Well, Wendy is his wife before they break oh, up I and see. she she was his dominatrix but then he goes to other ones. Oh, I but see. yes, it's it's just it's so interesting. You know what's tough? Here's what it is. When there's a billions in a succession, yeah. when it, we have a, a new Bugs Life ants situation. No, it's really true. And it's and billions. I do feel like the entire time it was on the air, it was never the number one of its type. Because I feel like even when it first came out, it wasn't Succession, but it was like something else that was big. There was always some other big businessmen show that is overshadowing it. <laughs> big businessmen show. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's funny, like, because it did go seven series. It just recently had the series finale. I'm devastated. Oh, um, no, I'm so sorry. But I only came to, thank you, I appreciate that, really. I appreciate your condolences. But I only came to Billions in the pandemic because mm. I had watched everything. Mm. And then I was like, I'm really into this show. Like, I just want the, all this just blaring masculinity being shoved down my throat, you know? Yeah. Um, but that's sort of just me. <laughs> Is Paul Giamatti a straight uh, a straight topic? You know, Paul Giamatti is an interesting, interesting one. I actually, I think you bring up an interesting question because I can feel the tides of the internet standing him in a way that is new. And I feel um, even eroticizing Paul Giamatti in a way that is new. Sure. And it's one of those things where I'm like, one, I get it. I support it. Of course I do. But then it's like, it's starting to feel, we've talked about this before, where like gay people love to like take things that are bad and make them be like, actually, it's really, it's actually camp. Uh It's actually good. And taking Paul Giamatti and making him hot, I feel like now this is like a new thing that I've seen people do a few with a few different people. And I'm like, I actually am kind of bored with taking people that are like thought of as not hot and then making them hot. Well, this is first of all, I want to say I saw a tweet that said Paul Giamatti is Stanley Tucci for girls who don't wash their sheets. I saw that one. Yeah, I saw that one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And also this ties back to the conversation we were having last week, Sam, about like how we're sort of uninspired by ironic mascots now. Like, Blair, we were yes. talking about, like, I agree. George Santos and, like, Gypsy Rouge. G- Gypsy Rouge? <laughs> Gypsy Rouge, <laughs> the famous drag queen Gypsy Rose yeah. Blanchard. Like, I, it used to be so fun to be like, um, oh, camp icon, the guy that said, um, leave Britney alone. What's his name? Chris Crocker. Like, yeah. sort of to take someone that's like quote unquote embarrassing and then like re or that guy that asked that one question Ken Bone Trump yeah Ken Bone yeah he was yeah. a huge topic like, yeah. last week <laughs> yeah I'm yeah. just like okay come on I didn't quite as as someone <laughs> who would literally die for Stanley Tucci mm-hmm. I didn't quite that 
resonate with that tweet. I also have loved um, Paul Giamatti for a long, long time. Yeah. And I have noticed the same thing. People coming for around him in a new way. I do feel like Paul Giamatti is like um, if Vince Vaughn went to art school, <laughs> you know? He's like a cultured yeah. Vince Vaughn in that he does these extremely fast-talking monologues in every single totally. role yeah. that he's in, yeah. you know? And I'm like, oh, okay, you you are a refined art, arts school Vince Vaughn. Yeah, I see that. I think that makes sense. I have a question. Do you guys think like PR teams are behind like, we're going to make you hot now? Well, not for Paul Giamatti. I'm just going to come right out and say that. I think that was an organic uh, bottom up. You, you think that's a grassroots movement? That's grassroots. I do love Paul Giamatti. Of course, though. I do well, too. Well, no, I love him. I, and I get the, I think he's hot as well. Yeah, I do too. It's just the, the, the. Memification. Well, the memification, yes. what it does is it takes something that's like a minority opinion. You know, I think if you were to ask yes. 10 women off the street, do you want to fuck yes. Paul Giamatti? Yes. <laughs> I think most of them would say no. And I'm not, and I'm saying that as a fan. Right. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So it's a minority opinion. When you take that and make it into a meme, you're like taking the novelty away. And you're, t this is a subculture and a community, a thriving community of women who do think Paul Giamatti's hot. And yeah. they have been having meetings behind closed doors, and suddenly you're putting, you're saying this is a reality show on Bravo. Yeah, me, my costume is not your culture. My culture is not your costume. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, to, and, but in terms of like RPR teams behind, my sort of like hot take about people over and like overestimating the power of publicists. And I say this with love because some of my best friends are publicists. Yes, of course. Publicists, <laughs> any publicist is like a sister. I love publicists. <laughs> and a lot of people don't know this. I worked as, a, as in PR for one year of my life, a very long time ago. <laughs> Having said that, not the smartest people. <laughs> I don't think I, amazing I personalities. Amazing personalities. Some of the best people to go out with. The, so well groomed. Well I always said about PR people, both men and women. Well Incredible groomed. Bags. Yes. Amazing yes, beautiful bags. bags. They somehow yes. always are designer head to toe, and they have a story about mm -hmm. how they got each thing. It's everything is on clearance. Sure. That said, I just simply don't think they have it in them to like really take Paul Giamatti and make him into a sex symbol. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. I guess sometimes I want to believe conspiracies. I it's That's it's fair. sometimes more comforting to be like there's a higher power in uh in charge of memifying Paul Giamatti being hot rather than to think about sort of the ebbs and flows of the internet. Yeah, my one problem that a lot of my friends have made me uh alerted me to is that I just take everything literally like I never consider that there could have been any orchestration behind anything sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm constantly they're telling me they're worried I'm gonna end up in a cold accidentally because I just believe everyone it's a difficult way to live you're in a really great industry if you're impressionable <laughs> <laughs> no I know it's good I feel safe all the time yeah yeah, yeah. I actually uh, speaking of uh, back to the LA conversation I was sort of like so when are the Colts gonna try to recruit me <laughs> like I was like whoa 
why is it taking so long? I'm actually down for a new friend group. And where are they? But they, you don't know at the beginning is why. They go, oh, you want to hang? I'm just having some people over at the house. We're going to play some games. I feel like that's sort of how it starts, don't you think? Yeah, that's how it starts. That's that's the side effect of home-based culture. Yeah. Because everyone has a home, that's where the cults are formed. No, it's yeah, true. I feel like next time you get invited anywhere in like Laurel Canyon or something, just keep your eyes peeled. I think that's probably your way in. That could be amazing. Yeah. The thing with LA people inviting you to their house is in the beginning when you're in LA, you start <laughs> being like, often people have, and I hate to use this term, bad vibes, like just like a sort of sketchiness about them. And at first sure, you're like, sure. wait, that guy's kind of sketchy. That girl's kind of sketchy. And then you start realizing, Oh, that's just like what all, this is just a baseline in the same way that everyone in New York is a little pretentious, let's say, and you have to yeah. like get over that and be like, but they're also nice, but they're also right. this. In LA, the equivalent of being pretentious is being like kind of sketchy. Sure. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Like there's a, there's a scam element to almost exactly. everyone. <laughs> everyone is trying to sell you something. Yeah. Ugh, everyone has the answer. Everyone's like, just work with me and like. And in two years, your life will be fully different. No one, they have no past. No one here has a past. Oh, no. This is, you know, there's a famous um, clip of Joan Rivers on Celebrity Apprentice where she goes to this woman. She's like, this woman is a professional poker player and is also a contestant. And Joan Rivers is like, you're a poker player, a poker player. I've been to Vegas. None of your people have last names. And I do feel like, I do feel like, in LA, it's very none of you people have last names. <laughs> I do think that's true. Everyone escaped from somewhere here. Yeah. Yeah. Also, people never want to just say they're unemployed. Right. I don't get that. Somebody was right. like, I'm an independent film producer. And I was like, oh, what company do you work for? And they're like, none. Sam, and I was like, you're unemployed. I will tell you, <laughs> this has been a painful lesson to learn as a woman navigating the dating apps. <laughs> Every time I learned, you know, it only took me a few times, God willing, where I was like, okay, producer is an interpretive word. <laughs> yeah, that is not a hard job in this town. Totally. No, producer literally really means anything. If you have sent a single email, you are a producer. It really is it true. It is crazy. Producer is, you know, in the way that, you know, the stereotype used to be like, oh, some like beta guy who's wearing like a turtleneck or whatever. He's like, oh, I'm a writer. And you're like, are you really? And then I feel like yeah. saying I'm a producer just adds a certain sheen of like, well, he could be rich, but it's right. just yep. as useless as saying I'm a writer. Right. When yeah. I went on this date and it was truly, you know, as cliche as it gets. Like this guy's like, I just got here from Houston two days ago and then starts asking me how to get agents and a oh, manager. No. And I'm like, what? How is this happening to me? I don't want this. And then I get it the same I get it on the other end where like I don't even advertise but it's like finally when they do ask me and I have to be honest like what I do for a living I'm a comedian and like they all think it's some cute little hobby you know mm -hmm. and I, like I'm just being like no I live in LA and I, yeah I do comedy <laughs> totally I do it you know yeah wow that does seem tough I've heard that's tough <laughs> thank you for your sympathy <laughs> yeah thank you this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. 
we are both dealing with such different issues in our day-to-day lives. You have a full-time job in Los Angeles. You've had to uproot your home. You've had to, you have to figure out work-life balance. Meanwhile, I am a freelancer in New York City. How do I fit it all in one day? How do I create my own schedule? What am I, some boss lady in a film? You know, it's so hard. You have to be boss and employee. But you know what? We can't keep these things bottled up. You know, we need to let them out. That's right. People all carry around different stressors, both big and small. And when you bottle them up, it can start to affect you negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. I'll tell you something. Therapy in the past for me has been just a place where once a week I can tell someone what I'm thinking of in a safe and enclosed space where no one can enter and ask me to send an email because it is my time and it is my time for therapy. And everyone deserves that in all across this great nation. Yeah. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and hey, suited for your schedule. So get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Stradio today and get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash Stradio. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Wait, should we do our first segment? Yeah. Okay. I think that was perfect. I feel so cleansed after that. We like went off for a second. No, I'm really flying high. I have to say, you know, I woke up today. I went, I saw a matinee and now I'm chatting with my friends. Is there an, can you imagine a better Saturday in, in wintry New York? Heaven, Heaven. honestly, I've been looking forward to being reunited with you guys for so long. Yeah. It's such a treat. I mean, I, I, George, I didn't. I have the opposite feeling, but coming here, yeah. I feel home. <laughs> well, for you, this is your matinee because you're three hours behind. So as soon as this is, is over, so you're going to have your second act like I'm having now. And it's going to be something even more fun. Wow. Yeah, wow. Beautiful. That's amazing. Thank you for that. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. So Blair, um, okay, our first yeah. segment, our first segment sure. is called Straight Shooters. And in this segment, we um, gauge your familiarity with and complicity in straight culture by asking you a series of sort of meaningless questions where you have to choose one thing or another thing. And the one rule is you can't ask any follow-up questions about how the game works, (laughs) about how, about honestly, like which one you should choose or which heuristic you should use. And if you do ask a question, we will get pretty mad. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Sam, would you like to start? Yes. Blair, 
doing a wellness check or saying, eh, what the heck? What the heck? Hmm. Hmm. Blair, having a civil debate or having an evil workmate? Evil workmate. Blair, the boy in the heron or the mark who is Marin? Mm. <laughs> the mark who is Marin. <laughs> I love that guy. Blair, <laughs> having empathy for your neighbor or visiting the embassy as the secretary of labor? Oh. <laughs> I don't like labor. <laughs> oh, you're famously anti-union. <laughs> anti-union legend. Yeah, anti-union legend, Blair Saki. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Blair, um, the Little Mermaid or the Big Milkmaid? Ooh. <laughs> big, uh, big Milkmaid. Thank God. Blair, take a walk on the wild side or Sandra Bullock in the blind side? <laughs> that was really amazing. Thank you. Syllable work. Thank you. <laughs> Sandra Bullock on the wild side. <laughs> Sandra Bullock on the blind side. Okay, Blair, a personality that's well adjusted or a municipality that's poorly constructed? Oh. <laughs> municipality that's poorly constructed. Okay, Blair, mergers and acquisitions or urging her to audition? Oh, wow. Mergers and acquisitions? Wow. That was a groundbreaking um, round. Yeah, I actually, it's funny. I was looking at mine, I was like, these are not very good. And now that I've said them out loud and they've been complimented by your amazing one, Sam, I'm like, that was a really good round. No, I thought that those were hot, 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 hot. Thank you. Yeah. Um, Blair, um, we rank all our guests' performance on a scale of one to 1,000 doves. <laughs> I got to say to me, that was like... I have it's certainly above 900. I haven't decided where exactly it is. What do you think, Sam? 921. I think 921 is correct. I found that you did something so important, which is Sam and I, as listeners will know, it's been a while since we've recorded. This is our second episode back after a big hiatus. And the fact that you were laughing so much did so much for our confidence that we were actually able to to be better at asking the questions. <laughs> Yeah, it actually, you know, it, it was like we felt so confident for the first time in a long time. I agree. And I felt like it was like, don't forget. Like you were saying, don't forget. This is fun. Yeah. <laughs> That's actually what I was spiritually saying telepathy wise. Mm -hmm. I really yeah. wanted you guys to know. I wanted you to remember who the fuck you are. Totally. Yes. Well, you know, I sometimes really I wonder, that. like, is it really smart that we think of two random things that barely rhyme and then just say them at our <laughs> guests and have them pick one at random? Like, is right. that a smart segment? Is it something right. that potentially um, would be a waste to do every single week for four calendar years? <laughs> but then when I hear your laughter and when I hear how much, I'll say it, joy it brings to people to hear us say it, I mean, yeah. I'm like, this is why we do it. Yeah, and don't don't ever underestimate that. No, yeah. You guys really brought it, and yeah. and I don't ever want you to just even feel a millisecond of doubt. Do you think um, self doubt has any purposes? Purposes, yes. Any value? Absolutely. <laughs> uh, I, it, uh, absolutely. It's the nervous system has a little mind of its fucking own down there, and it doesn't care about progress. Doesn't care about your happiness. It cares about keeping you safe. So really, self doubt is like a little devilish bodyguard down there. Wow. In your liver. Wow. Yeah. Wow. 
That's I know. amazing. I know. But what about the people that don't have self-doubt that like really thrive? <laughs> I almost just said someone's name. <laughs> oh my god. Off the top of my head. The number one name off the top of my head. So are you talking about someone who doesn't have self-doubt? Is that your Yes. Yes. God, I would love to know. Yeah, off camera. Oh my God, of course. We're, I'm going to tell you first thing. Oh, thank God. And you'll say, I know. You'd be like, absolutely. That man has never had self doubt. Oh, man. Day. Okay, it's we're like, whittling it down. Yeah. Does he wear glasses? No, <laughs> he doesn't. I think I know who uh. it is. <laughs> <laughs> I, wow. I'm having a real dilemma right now. What? I heard something the other day. It's a sort of. It's, I would say, something that could result in a really long conversation. It is a new way of looking at personalities in the world. And I'm debating whether or not to bring it into the conversation now and potentially derail everything and not get into our topic yet, or if I want to wait and bring it up later. I, I think we have plenty of time, and I actually think you should do it. Okay. So, Sam, you remember my friend Milana? We went to Heim together. Yes. So, last night I was with my friend Milana, and she introduced me to a new... <laughs> way of gauging people's personalities that she read on a substack called Dyke Domesticity. <laughs> and cool. basically, imagine an x-axis and a y-axis, okay? One of the axes Done. goes from <laughs> baby to <laughs> from baby to mommy, okay? Okay. And the other one goes from surf to tyrant. Surf as in like a surf in a, you know, Sure. S E R F. Got it. Yes, S-E-R-F. like in a feudal feudal, feudal society. society. Feudal yes. Society. So basically, each person is so <laughs> baby mommy. I think is pretty self-explanatory. If you're a baby, you're the one being taken care of. Mommy, you're doing okay. the caretaking. Surf tyrant is like the surf does all the work, and the tyrant is the one like barking orders and sort of being the CEO. And so it's like are you like Game of Thrones? Yes. So basically, are, and I was, are you like, you can be a baby tyrant, a mommy surf, a mommy tyrant. So that's basically what I wanted to say. <laughs> no, no, I'm trying to, I wish, are, do you have any like examples in film or TV of sort of a baby tyrant right. or a, a I'm, I'm boss sh- baby, of course. Well, boss, boss baby is for sure a baby tyrant. Baby tyrant. <laughs> baby tyrant. I would say- Anyone can see that from a mile away, of course. <laughs> well, I know he's literally a baby, but is yeah. he mommy? Well, I he's think- a baby mommy tyrant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I think uh, we were saying, like in your relationship, what are you? Or oh, like for me, okay. I feel like almost the most toxic thing you can be is baby tyrant because you are the one barking all the orders but then also needing care the entire time yeah i'm certainly baby i can't decide if i'm surf or tyrant um i'm somewhere in the middle because i think i'm well that's why the x-axis and y-axis helps because you it's can, a spectrum it's a spectrum, it's a spectrum and a spectrum. so it's difficult to describe it verbally yeah because uh, those are all extremes and everybody knows <laughs> nothing is nothing is all binaries <laughs> of course of course <laughs> A Republican getting like super upset. It's like when I was growing up, you were either a baby or a mommy. <laughs> These days, you'll you'll hear now, someone say, "Oh, I'm I'm I used to be a baby. Now I'm a mommy." Uh, guess what, <laughs> doll? It's a sign of birth. <laughs> uh, yeah. Do you think Joe Biden is baby or mommy? Baby. Uh, baby. Baby surf. I think baby, baby, <laughs> baby surf. I think baby surf. I think Joe Biden is baby surf. Yeah. Baby surf. Baby he fall, surf. Yeah. I think he, he falls too much for a tyrant. I think you know? when he was younger, he was maybe tyrant, mm-hmm. but now he's baby surf. 
Yeah. yeah. But he's always been baby. Totally. Like, you know, I think a lot of politicians actually fall into baby because there's a lot of pampering that comes with it. Absolutely. Right. It's and very then, much like, oh my God, and then like, put, put that away. He's bed. coming. He's Yes, they're all subs. I mean, it goes yeah. back to billions. Right. It went <laughs> all of directly them, back to billions. Literally all of them have to have a dominatrix. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, to get anything done. I think all comedians are subs too, for the most part. Yeah, they well, need certainly so all male much. comedians. They need. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of a bummer, actually. <laughs> You're telling me, <laughs> Sam. <laughs> you, I, sometimes I get so. I think the biggest, <laughs> the biggest issue is like when there's like a comedy hang. Yeah. And it's like, okay, so no one brought anything. Like it's like, it's why sickening. did it's no one so bring sickening. anything? And it's like everyone's just like, what can I get here? Like, what? How? Can, who can take care of me? It's Disgusting. literally a bunch of people going somewhere, being like, I heard there's free food. I heard there's free food, and then no one got the memo <laughs> yeah. that someone needs to bring the free food. Yeah, and no one has ever hosted a dinner party. Yeah, it's comedy. The it's like they started in college, like literally going to like improv comedy group meeting, free pizza. And from there, they expected free pizza everywhere they went. The, every day I get older, it disgusts me, you know? <laughs> it really is. It is deeply humiliating. Just, yeah. Yeah. I'm like, can can I get a nice crostini? Can I get, can yeah. I have a beautiful brie? Can someone do anything? Yeah, it would be so, so amazing if they could. Please roast a chicken. Yeah. You know, have a cloth napkin. I'm sickened. My, my challenge my challenge for all the comedians out there is try doing something. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, and it's e- an easy challenge, but yeah. we'll see. Yeah. Um, okay, so should we get into the topic? I think now? we have to, yes. Is that tyrant of me? Mommy tyrant? No, I no. Mom, I was actually feeling tyrant. like, I was feeling insecure because I, I felt like the topic was not as juicy as I wanted it to be. But you know what? Now the door has been opened and we can literally go back to it like in a year and be like. I think I think that will come up a lot. Yes. I, I think it's think. juicy. I, I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't think you're, I think you're understanding the juice impact. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Good. Um, so Blair, what is today's topic? Okay, well, boys, of course, the topic is pizza places. Yeah. yeah. And what about that feels straight to you? Oh, Sam, you know it's A.C. <laughs> Slater sitting backwards on the chair, okay? Oh. Yeah. Eating a, getting a slice after school. Yeah, the, the skatery element to it, the chill guy. Yeah, I mean, he was a wrestler with a nice curly mullet, but yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. Just coming in hardcore- just man, man eating the pizza, sitting at the table in his nice sort of unconventional, forceful way. Thank you for correcting me. You know, it's so hard when someone just says a guy's name and I, I say, oh, I'm really happy. No, you I know took where that. you were coming. You from, took one though. for the team because I had literally no idea who that was. <laughs> oh, from Sa- uh, Saved by the Bell. So that oh, I guess that's I a knew. blind spot for me. That's why and I, I heard and the name. that is my bad. <laughs> Yeah, you should be able to reference Saved by the Bell. <laughs> it's fine, and I get where the skater was coming from because you look at me and you think skater. Yeah, that's the, the direction. Name, the name I'm sounded going. very. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and that's sort of me too. This, that's true. This is me. That is you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think of you as more surf. Yeah, Sur- but I think surf and skater are so similar. Surf of girl, course. surf girl, and then skating. Obviously, being a tertiary experience to surfing, well, of course. Yeah, adjacent. Yeah, as right. far as I'm concerned, you can surf onto land, and then it <laughs> becomes skateboarding. Yeah, skateboarding yeah. is just uh, dry surfing. 
Absolutely. 100%. Beautifully said. Thank, Thank you. you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Snowboarding, though, that's a whole different thing. Yeah. Um, okay. Pizza places, for me, it's so high school coded. Right. That that's sort of what it, the, the peak of it for me, where it's like you're going there with like your like six friends that you, cause you just had a soccer game together. Totally. I feel like I have so many memories of being in a pizza place and being like, this is school related. This is sports related. This is, this is a, a, a leg, an arm of the systems. Right. The systems. That's what I've always said about the pizza places, when the system. When I'm in a pizza place, I'm saying I still have my mask on. Yeah. You know, I'm not allowed to live out loud here. Yeah. And I won't be living out loud for a few, like an hour or two. They did. They would bring in like the felt soccer team banner, you know, yeah. with all the um, applique pictures on it to the pizza place. Yeah. Yeah. But the thing was, um, for my childhood anyways... Because now, as, you know, a fully realized adult, I do at least once a month, I call it going to the spa, I eat a large pizza on my floor with the blinds closed. Wow. Um, but as a child, when I was going to those pizza places, even in high school, you know, it was a toxic time where everyone, the Lindsay Lohan, the Paris Hilton, it was, you couldn't be over 100 pounds. Of course. And so when I would be... In eating the pizza in front of guys my age, I would be forcing myself to only eat like one piece or two pieces, but I would try to eat clo- slowly when really I could eat the whole thing. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know? the pizza really... <sighs> pizza is a very gendered experience because for guys, pizza is like, fuck yeah, pizza. And then... <laughs> If you're a girl, you basically have two options. One is being so dainty and being like, I can only have one and I first, one slice that I first pat down with a napkin and then have a third of it and then be like, I don't eat the crust. So that's one option. And then the other option, of course, is to be ironically pizza girl and be like, oh, literally body by pizza. Like all I do is eat pizza. I'm crazy because I eat pizza. And so- Yeah, that's me, I think. Yeah, so basically pizza- the environment of a pizza place is one where being a normal woman is criminalized because you have to choose one or the other. Yeah. Thank you for saying that, George. <laughs> I, God, I mean, that was just so well articulated. Yeah. My experience is finally, finally being aired to the masses, but no, that's the thing because I, in my head, I'd be like, is that fucking bitch blotting the oil off the pizza? That's the best part, you know? But then you see these guys and they're going buck wild, just living free. They're just being free. They're, they, they don't, they don't have a care in the world. Meanwhile, you know, I'm well into my thirties, just, just secretly eating it in the dark. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You know? Wow. I mean, it wasn't until I, you know, became in uh, gay circles that I started to feel shame around pizza. Um, Interesting. I, yeah, I feel like as a as a youth, it was sort of like, I remember eating, just being like, how much can I eat? Like, it was almost a challenge. Like, I feel like between like brothers and cousins, it would be like, I'm going to eat more than you. Yeah. Like, and that's going to be a point of pride. A hundred percent. And, 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 and yeah, there, there was no shame in the sort of grotesque nature of it all. Mm-hmm. Of yes. just this, uh, the amount of consumption, <laughs> the ferocity that these uh, men or teenage men went at it. And I felt really kind of on the outside of that. Well, there is a yeah. very real way in which pizza has 
and I'm not saying this with judgment, has no nutritional value. Like even, even compared to like other junk food, like a burger, you can yes. at least be like, that's a source of protein. But pizza True. genuinely has no nutritional value and is only bad for you. And so then, I think about this all yeah, the time. So then what that, what that causes is like men, because of their privilege to do whatever they want, can really, it's like a bacchanalia of just like rubbing pizza on their like cock and balls. <laughs> and then and then women having to be like worried that they are eating something that is destroying them from the inside because they are taught to respect their bodies in some in some way. And so it's a real uh, it really like um it shows you who everyone is basically. Mm. Yes, and points to um you know men's uh, allowance to just be completely unbridled. Exactly, exactly. It's like, again, in a pizza environment, <laughs> a man is literally carefree and a woman has never been more self-conscious. And that is what pizza brings out in each of the genders. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, you, the thing you said about like the girls who are like chill about pizza, that's a scary... Pizza as a signifier of like being chill and relaxed really freaks me out. Totally. I, I think agree. especially when it comes to like, like there was that thing for a while where like gay guys would pose with a piece of pizza yeah. and like be shirtless and it would be like cool. Right. And it was like, this is wild. And it's like, we know you didn't eat that. Yeah. This That's is a like prop. The, this is, it's like also those like 90 pound hot girl influencers. Yes. They take and, they, and then, you know, I know you threw that in the trash after. Yeah. And uh, there's something where I'm like, why are we doing this? Why is, does pizza have so much, like, soft power in our culture? <laughs> well, I do think, I have to say, I genuinely do think it goes back to, even subconsciously, the fact that it has no nutritional value. <laughs> like, there's something about it. It's such a blank canvas. <laughs> right. Well, I also think, and I know from college, I think of it as just like all these rugby players coming in for their pints, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. that they're clinking and sloshing and talking about date rape, you know, mm -hmm. and um, that's sort of what I associate it with. Not not some elegant Italian like a pizza place. I'm talking, I'm talking the burly pizza oh, yes. places, yes. you know. I also think the, you know, it's never ever, I remember watching media and being like, uh, and being like yeah. 17 and being like, I can't wait till I can drink because beer and pizza is just a combination <laughs> that is like better than anything on earth. And everyone's like beers and pizza, beers. I brought the beers. Who's getting the pizza? And then I grew up and like could drink and eat pizza at the same time. And I was like, that's actually a horrible combination. I have one piece of pizza and a half a beer. And I'm like, ow, I'm like so bloated. It doesn't work for me. Yeah, it is just truly a bloat <laughs> machine. You're not getting that bloat down for three to four business days. Yes, I can have the pizza and water. Yeah. And then maybe drink like exclusively vodka shots from right. then on. <laughs> no, you have to do you have to do burgers with beer, pizza with red wine. That is the correct way to pair this food. <laughs> Wow, I didn't know there was a correct way. Well, yeah, it's a red I sauce. Think, <laughs> and I think we'd be remiss, remiss to yeah. bring up if we want to get real crazy about these places that are doing stuffed crusts. 
and they're doing some really wild and crazy guy things over there. You know, and that is, I think that's very straight, those things. Messing with a pizza like that is actually reminiscent of like fraternity hazing. Like it is, yes. there is, there is a way, I would say like p- messing with the build of a pizza <laughs> is something that like, you have to be in Sigma Chi to have that inspiration to do that. <laughs> See, messing with the build of a pizza to me is like one of the most Midwestern coded things you can do. That's true. To That's me, true. it's like you are, have lost like the it, there's like too many steps where you've you don't see that pizza comes from Italy anymore. You're like pizza is uh, from Ohio. Oh, they've never so, even heard of Italy. <laughs> so, Italy is some far off fantasy from the past. It is so far. It's such a not even related. Because like people, when I lived in the Midwest, that's when like I was going buck wild with like stuffed crust, twisted like breadstick sure, crust, like taco sure. pizza, garlic. Like, yeah, not. Crust. And I was like, this oh. is normal and even good. Yeah. And I remember being like, this is pizza. Well, here's the thing. And it wasn't okay. until I moved back to New York that I was like, oh, wow. Actually, there's a culture here. Sure. Yeah. I feel this way with, okay. So all of the messing with the build of a pizza, messing with a Bloody Mary and putting too many things on it, messing with a burger and having like, you know, an entire chicken with bone, like in between <laughs> the buns. There is something about it where you're like, it seems so, okay, bear with me. It seems so adventurous. And yet at its core, you're limiting yourself to this arbitrary canvas. Like if you want to be adventurous, why does it still have to be a pizza? Just make sure. a new kind of food. Like if you want to add different flavors and add different textures, just make a different food and it'll be better than if you still are so stuck on this idea of a pizza. Wow. Yeah. And I say all of this to say as someone who would just, love to absolutely smash a large pizza and a huge pint of beer right now and just have to be rolled out of here in a wheelbarrow, you know? But I do see, I don't know, there's something sort of um, aggressive. Like there's something, I just, when I think of it, it's like um, a man's bedroom with Gatorade bottles full of piss. Yes. Mm -hmm. Well, yes. And that actually also, I think, is related to the simplicity of pizza as a group dinner food. Like there's something where no one has to order individually. There's no buffet. There's no like splitting. It is very simple. It's pre-cut. Like it's for babies. Like it is, it's like a group of, imagine a group of men. And it's like, if one thing goes wrong, one of them would start like either crying or literally take a gun out and shoot someone. So you're like, well, we have to make this as frictionless as possible so that they don't get upset. Just bring a bunch of pizzas, one pepperoni, one cheese, one veggie and cut them into little slices and then they'll be okay. Right. I agree. I agree completely. Wow. And I feel like there's something also about like, um, at least on the West Coast, like really that there's like, you know, snowboard groups of like snowboarders at the pizza places. These like male snowboarders. Well, the the L.A., I'm curious, you're educated in this uh, part (laughs) of the world. Here we go, back to L.A. culture. (laughs) We're back to L.A. culture, which is what this season's going to be all about. There's no escaping it. (laughs) You have to address what's right in front of you. They are trying to get into pizza here. 
Okay. I would argue. You mean LA as a city? Yeah. Yeah. They've been trying for decades. (laughs) I have to say, if I hear one more person being like, have you been to Pizza Moza? I'm like, yeah, I have. (laughs) (laughs) Nancy Silverton, is that her name? Yeah. Moza? They're like, but it's like, but there's a central like um, de- internal debate, I feel like, where they're like, no one here actually wants to eat pizza, but they want pizza to be around. Like they right. want it only as a signifier. Right. They want to steal that from New York City. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's like workwear or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's Carhartt. It's Carhartt. Pizza is Carhartt. Pizza is food Carhartt. <laughs> pizza is food Carhartt. You're so right. <laughs> As are tacos, by the way. Like pizza, tacos. I, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love a taco. Well, so I guess I wonder do you think it's um, actually possible for LA to get into pizza? Well, you know, that's an incredible question you've raised. <laughs> and <laughs> I think that there are New York City transplants that come here and they say, I want to have a family. All right. I'd like a tree. I'd like a tree near me. I'd like to experience a piece, even one piece of greenery, a shrub. Yeah, sure. And they say, I'm going to pack up my little pizza parlor um, from Ludlow, maybe. Um, <laughs> my mom from- and pop shop on Ludlow. <laughs> <laughs> from, <laughs> from the Morgan stop. There okay? we go. Okay. We're getting there. <laughs> um, from Crown Heights. And I'm yes. going to take my wares all through the Oregon Trail. Down to Los Angeles, and I'm gonna open up a little mom and pop shop, and it's gonna be the first time they're ever experiencing real pizza, you know. And I think that's gonna happen. I think that's happening here and there a little bit, a little trickle, trickle down economics. Ever heard of it? Yeah, huge shout out to Reagan. Yeah, so <laughs> so I think it's gonna happen, but you know, it'll always be minimal. It's 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 not a New York. It's it's not a pizza destination, and no one needs to lie about. But that. I think it's a different. Yeah. Uh, we at some point we need to nip nip LA vs New York pizza in the bud but while we're on the topic I will say <laughs> not today not though. today yeah, not today I, oh, we can have two episodes yeah. where we talk about LA I think LA pizza is like you just have to be in the mood I love like a prissy fancy w- w- whatever like brick oven wood, like yeah. wood whatever wood oven it's called pizza from LA like I love a pizza mozza pizza you just have to yeah. understand that it's not you're not getting New York pizza by the slice it's something different I'm yeah. I'm actually kind of all in, and I almost think because they're not attempting to emulate the uh, the, the East Coast thing, I have to respect it. Yeah, That's well, true. pizza is like French fries and Mexican food. Even when it's bad, it's still good. Yes, well, sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Wow, you know, it's just <laughs> it's um, George. You would handle my situation so much better than I'm handling it. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, what have you been eating since you've lived here? <laughs> Literally trash. Really? Um, In and out. Uh, and, uh, kind of. I just like order a lot of like Chinese and Mexican <laughs> food and like. Well, you don't <laughs> cook, which is one issue. <laughs> well, I'm the kid, place I'm staying is like kind of gross, and I it's like. <laughs> I know I'm living like the saddest life ever. Sam, l- let's go to dinner. <laughs> okay. Like, let's go to a nice dinner. I've been to two restaurants since I've been here. <laughs> it is so crazy considering we are so close how different our habits are. 
Yeah, George is like over there making just delicious, I don't know, escargot. Well, it's not just that. No, I'm not, even, <laughs> I'm not even saying I'm so sophisticated. I'm just saying like, if I was in Sam's shoes, I would have already been in credit card debt from the number of restaurants I have gone to because in my yeah. mind, I'm like, well, I have a paycheck. I can go to restaurants and I'm going to go Me to too. every single Los Angeles restaurant I've been wanting to go right. to for the past like seven years. Yeah, I'm the same way. How do you know which ones you want to go to? This is where I'm struggling. Oh, because it's truly my obsession Exa- and what I pay attention to on TikTok. Literally, and then, like my only interest really in life it is, is like, what going you, to eat. It is, because Sam, it is what we think about every second of every day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like go to restaurants. Like when I'm like, I want to hang out with someone. I'll be like, where should we go to dinner? And that's how I go to a restaurant. Right. And then they just pick a place. Right. And, and that, that's it. Well, I do think I'm sorry <laughs> to say this is a little bit you being baby tyrant. <laughs> I'm baby tyrant. Baby tyrant. Because you need to be taken care of and you're like, pick a place. Your your task is to pick a place. (laughs) Right. Well, they live here. They know. Yeah. It's their business, honestly. It's their business. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But I'll go to Pizza Moza or whatever. Is that still open, Blair? Is that still cool? I mean, I went there like a decade ago. I feel like it was such the big thing for a while. No, it's still really popping. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah. The groundbreaking. Well, okay. report yeah. back. <laughs> it, their famous thing is one of the pizzas, they crack an egg on top of it while it's still hot or something. Yeah, they do that with some of their pastas, too. It was pretty yeah. thrilling. Honestly, I was shocked when it was happening in the moment. But <laughs> yeah. after, when, it's, <laughs> when the shock subsided, I had been introduced to something new that I found quite pleasant. But yeah, yeah. You, know, you don't often see the egg just outright naked like that coming on your food. You know, so yeah, no, I actually do like that. That sounds kind of fun. Yeah, I, I'm not opposed to a, a showy little restaurant that does a little dance for you at the table. Sam, we have a lot of options here to <laughs> help make your adjustment a little nicer. Sam, as your cognitive behavioral therapist, here's my <laughs> here's my homework for you for the week: go out to a restaurant. <laughs> I'm actually I'm going out to restaurants this week because Misha's coming to town. Oh, perfect! Perfect. Perfect. And I can give you a Rex. Yes, please. Yeah. That would actually be groundbreaking. Yeah. And maybe you can come on one of my hinge dates with me. Oh, my God. You should do that. Because <laughs> I have to go on one a week to, you know, find a boyfriend. Um, because, but I, it would be more fun with a friend. <laughs> and I'm sure <laughs> the guys would really appreciate that if you brought a gay guy with you. I yeah. think they would, too. And they'd be so lucky. Yeah. You know? A chill gay guy. A chill gay guy. <laughs> They'd be like, oh my God, I've never met a chill gay guy. <laughs> That's what they would say. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, Blair, uh, any final thoughts on pizza places as a straight topic? I don't know. I have to be candid with you guys Please. if I can. I don't know. Did I make it straight enough? I don't know. Oh, I, I think, think we, we got pretty straight. We got pretty straight. I, I'm trying to think like. If there's anything more about the restaurant itself rather than the food of pizza? Yes, absolutely. I mean, there's the decor, the like red and white checkered thing. Um, that's generous because a lot of them are not even doing the red and white checker, which true. I th- think is, you know, a nod to the past of to the origins, the culture. Yeah. And you don't see that very often. That's you just true. See, the people are forgetting. Yeah. I would say the more history. I would say the more a pizza place nods to Italy, the gayer it is. <laughs> yes. And the less it nods that. to Italy, the straighter it is. And I would also say the more it has french fries on the menu, the straighter it is. Well, of course. Yeah. 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 Wow. And the more it has um, arancini, the gayer it is because then you're really, yes. then they're really trying to do something. 
Right. And they're, you know, they're showing sort of uh, giving nature there. Yes. Some sort of generosity with the arancini. Mm-hmm. And when you just see the French fries, you're saying, oh, no, I know what I know what your drastic, just intentional simplicity is here. You yeah. know? OK, I have a question. Um, rank from gay to straight um, Papa John's Domino's Pizza Hut. Oh, my God. I would say Papa John's is straightest. Yeah. Or is he like... I've never had Papa John's. I haven't either. I think that makes probably it the straightest, right? Well, yeah. it's a sweeter sauce, but it's very Republican. Uh, yeah, Republican. and then okay, I would say so Pizza Hut in the middle, and then Domino's is gayest. To me. Yeah. Domino's is gayest to you. But I do also feel like all the all the men I know order Domino's. But, you That's know, they're true. also... Those three are the straightest pizza places you could have. I actually think Pizza might, uh, Pizza Hut might be the gayest. Yeah. I feel like they take the biggest uh, swings and um, also have a little more kitsch. They're the most niche of the three. Yeah. Interesting. And plus they have the dessert pizzas. <laughs> <laughs> well, but Domino's you, has Have you been sticks. ordering from Pizza Hut? <laughs> no, but I actually want to now. Oh, okay. You're turning straight. <laughs> Turning straight in LA, a story. God, if you- I love LA pizza. Have you tried Pizza Hut? <laughs> you should go to Pizza Moza and be like, do you guys have dessert pizza like Pizza Hut? <laughs> do you have stuffed crust, bitch? Do you have stuffed crust? <laughs> stuffed crust, apple, cinnamon, dessert, yeah. pizza. Yeah. Wait, um, what about Sbarro? Sbarro. Oh, Sbarro is straight as hell. Yeah. You know what Sbarro is? Sbarro is like, um, I'm trying to think. New of- York City cop. Yes. And yeah. also Republican like and mall and airport and it, food court. Well, and there was a promise. Sabaro had a promise that they didn't like live up. I to. agree, Sam. I agree. Where they were like, we're going to be the ch- the first real New York pizza chain, and then it was like, and then it just became airport cop hangout, and it was like, wait, this wasn't what you promised you would be. Yeah. Yes. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think of what, what else. else has yes, done exactly. That. Like what else is like? I, I that. almost think like Whole Foods and the way that Whole Foods used to be like this prestigious thing, and now it's Amazon. And now it's like Amazon. Yeah, and it's like hated. But yeah, something that I tragically didn't think of till now at the very culmination of this episode: the chicken wings at these pizza places. And that is a huge, huge part of straight culture. And when they're prominently featured, you know, you know, you're not seeing, you're not seeing anything. You're not seeing an artist anywhere, <laughs> anywhere near the premises. Yeah. I actually, in a way that sometimes, sometimes I'm jealous of, you know, right. you see those people that don't check in with their feelings and that you just know they're happier. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, damn, I'm. I even remember as a child looking at families that would order chicken wings with pizza and be like, I really felt like I was on the outside looking in. Like, I was like, I will never be a part of that family. Yeah. And they must have it all. Yeah. I wish I could know peace like that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Definitely. (laughs) Um, I do have a final, a personal final thought, which is. The competitive nature almost of pizza eating (laughs) at these pizza places, because when the pizza comes out, you almost want to think this is actually so democratic. There's all these slices. They are, you know, approximately the same size. And all of us have equal opportunity as Americans to have as many slices as we want until it's over. 
But in practice, the people that win are the ones who eat the fastest and the ones who care less about, uh, you know, their fellow man. So they are eating faster. They're getting the larger pieces. They're getting the the flavors that are more, most popular. Like, let's say there's only one pepperoni left. They're going to get that one pepperoni. So there's something almost um, uh, dog eat dog about it. Capitalism. It, yeah, which yeah. actually does is not the case for most meals. Like if you go out and order a pasta, a, a pasta and it's yours, you know. You don't have to you fight. Don't have to fight you, don't have to fight. you actually just distilled my entire childhood. I was going to say the same thing for me because I grew up with all the brothers, yeah. and now it just I can see crystal clear from a mile away why I have to eat my entire large pizza once a month in the quiet of my own home yes. because. I felt, you know, they'd eat the pizza so fast that I had to fight for my two slices, you yeah. know? Uh, the scarcity mindset when it comes to pizza is uh, an epidemic. I, right. I, my, anytime in school, any sleepover, it was like, I'm, as soon as there's pizza out, I'm supposed to feel joy. I feel fear. <laughs> And you know, I feel fear. Yeah, I feel like I'm at the beginning of of the um the track at the track on those yeah. little um tiles, ready yeah. to push off fast enough. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, and you know what? Okay, the pizza is unevenly divided. You know what else is unevenly divided? The joy <laughs> and the fun that is the promise of a pizza party. Because guess who's having more fun and and really embodying the careless, the carefree nature of a pizza party, the person who effortlessly is the fastest and biggest eater. Like they're AC never Slater, worried there's the not going to be enough. Yes, the the alpha alpha, they're never worried there's not going to be enough. Whereas the person who's the beta, as soon as the pizza comes out, is in a panic. Right. Mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. really a predator situation. Well, yeah. Yes. Apex, <laughs> apex predator. Apex predator. George's well, yes, delivery there was really iconic. Well, yes. <laughs> Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th.
Should we do our final segment? I think uh, I would be open to that, mostly because I am ordering a pizza as soon as we and leave this call. <laughs> I think I need to too. Although, yeah. but I can't because I'm I'm going to Sam's boyfriend's birthday. Believe it or not, without <gasps> without Sam. Oh. Yeah, and, I, there. and so I think because I need to get there sooner rather than later, I might have to order mozzarella sticks. Yeah. There. You can get some chicken tendies over there. I think that's what I'm going to do. Um, okay, Blair. Well, our final segment is called Shout Outs. And in this segment, we pay homage to the grand street tradition of the radio shout out by giving a shout out to anything that we enjoy. So imagine it's TRL in 2001 and you're shouting out to your squad back home, but about anything that you like at all. People, places, things, ideas. George, do you have one? Yes, I've actually been thinking about mine all week and I'll go. <laughs> What's up, freaks and losers? I want to give a shout out to the animated film Millennial Hunter, written by Sam Tagger, a film that came out during the strikes and I think maybe has never been promoted on this very podcast, co-hosted by its creator and writer and star, Sam Taggart. So if anyone has been listening to this podcast this whole time and has literally no idea that within the last few months, Sam wrote a film that was then, in fact, released on streaming, now is your chance to go on Tubi and watch it for free. And then, uh, and then rate it on Letterboxd like I did. And then I got the, my year in review on Letterboxd said that my top two movies were Oppenheimer and Millennial Hunter. And guess what, sweetheart? I stand by that. So go out there, watch Millennial Hunter, and support queer creators of all stripes. Woo! Woo! Wow, George. Thank you so much. You know, that was... Um, thank you for saying that because... It did come out during the strikes and it was that thing where it was like, I actually technically was allowed to talk about it, you know, but I felt like I wasn't supposed to. Yeah. Right. So I was sort of like, I'm just going to not say anything. Yeah. And so I did this sort of iconic half non-promotion sure. and and it was um, very clunky. So I have to second George's thought and um, I actually wrote an animated movie <laughs> and it's out and, <laughs> and you can actually watch it. Yeah. I'm going to watch it. I am excited to watch it. If you think I won't fucking and download Tubi to watch your <laughs> movie, you're out of your mind. Wow, thank you. Yeah. Um, okay, well then I have to do a shout out now. Let me think for one second. Let me think for one <laughs> second. Okay. What is up everyone around the globe from sea to shining sea? I want to give a huge shout out to that feeling when you're not sick anymore right after being sick. That is an amazing feeling because when you're sick, you're like, I guess I'm just going to fucking die. I guess I'll be miserable for the rest of my life. And then when you're not sick, you're like, I have more strength than any person on earth. Put me in a pizza place. I'm the alpha male now. I was sick and now I am not. And I think I have a new lease on life. I have a new lease on Los Angeles, my home <laughs> against my will. And I am so excited to, um, you know, attack every restaurant in this city with my whole pussy, which is heart. Oh, That's wow. for heart. Wow. So, um, shout out to not being sick anymore. I'm strong as a bull. XOXO, Sam. Oh, wow. I just love to see the passion. That's so good. Okay. Um... 
God, can I? I probably would want to do Stradio Labs because I've had the goddamn time of my life. <laughs> I have been, I've been, I've been cultured. I've been educated. I've had a laugh, boy. Have I had a laugh? <laughs> have I had a laugh? Yes. The last hour too, and don't we all need it? Yeah. <laughs> oh, in these days, sometimes politically and everything. <laughs> <laughs> it feels good, folks. It really does. And um, yeah, I just enjoy the premises. I love learning more about your culture. <laughs> I love um, <laughs> I love hearing all about it. And uh, then I guess I'd have to do the TV show Rap Shit. Mm, um, it just got canceled. And I, <laughs> I want that. to riot in the streets. That show... I was on the edge of my seat. Every, I was like, this is the most fun, incredible show ever. I just can't believe that they canceled it. I am I am in uproar. Wow. wow. You ready to start the online community uh, protest? I've never done that, but I don't understand. Like, I don't, uh, I hate all these fucking mergers. They ruin everything. It was only two seasons and it was just, it was so fun to watch and I was so in it, you know? Damn. Yeah, I'd wait till, you know, you, you rarely these days you wait till the day it comes out, you know? And I'd be like, oh, tomorrow's the day it comes out. Yeah. And now it's gone. Bummer. Wow. Yeah. Shout out. Well, shout out to mergers and acquisitions. And yeah. shout out to <laughs> streaming, art streaming art of all forms, whether on Tubi or of on all Max.com. Forms. Yeah, yeah, I love what these streamers are doing. They are really making a lot of moving and shaking. They're really making I a agree. lot of choices, a lot and, of cuts. Yeah, and they yeah, care about art. Them, you can't deny they're making choices. Ugh. Oh, 100%. Um, honey, are you Uma Thurman? Because you're making choices. That's me to HBO Max. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Max. Next next week is going to be Axe or some so, bullshit. So stupid. Yeah. Um, well, Blair, this has been a true delight. Thank you for doing the podcast. No, thank you. No, thank you, because I loved it all every second. Catching up with you, boys. Oh, always incredible. a, always a damn pleasure. Thr- and by the way, yeah, I'll say it. You can stream Blair's comedy special live <laughs> from the big dog on Veeps. And you know what? Can I just say something not to be selfish while we're here? Please buy tickets to my Bell House show on February 2nd. Oh, smart. Um, Good idea. Please buy tickets for February 2nd. I would love to see you guys there. I've been doing not a great job of promoting, but I'm so excited. And it's a Friday, so it's going to be really um, festive and fun. And... Sam, should we also say that we are going to do an earnestness bonanza for Valentine's <gasps> Day? So everyone should start sending us questions that we that you want us to a- answer earnestly. Uh, send them to straightolab at gmail.com. Oh, yeah. I'm, oh, I'm writing in. You can. Count oh, on yeah. That. <laughs> yeah. We <laughs> can count on that. <laughs> um, okay. And with that, that's everything. Yeah. Okay. So bye. Bye. Podcast ends now. Want more? Subscribe to our Patreon for two extra episodes a month, Discord access, and more by heading to patreon.com slash stradiolab. And for all our visual learners, free full-length video episodes are available on our YouTube. Now get back to work. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them can make all the difference. 
That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.